This is always my favorite service of the year, so I'm so glad we're here together. It's a great time. We just got done singing a good amount of songs, some of my favorites from Christmas time. Music is part of all of our lives. And we were blessed this evening to have some talented musicians to lead us in song. And some of you, I'm sure, have learned an instrument at some point, maybe sang in a choir. And if we were to survey the whole group this evening, we would find that there are some very talented musical folks among us, as well as some who may not be so talented. And we all fall on a spectrum of where we are in our musical know-how. Some among us just like to enjoy the music and don't care much how it comes all together. But really, most of us, if we were to hear music and suddenly a discordant sound came, something was just not right, even people who aren't musically trained would probably notice. The more technically trained musicians may be able to identify the exact issue that was going on. But others may not even be able to figure out exactly what was going on. They just know something wasn't right. Now, growing up, I learned the trumpet. And in junior high, I learned about the blessing and curse of knowing someone with perfect pitch. Perfect pitch, or sometimes called absolute pitch, is not something every musician possesses. It's really actually pretty rare. Perfect pitch means that the person who has it has no need for a tuner. They can tune their instrument based just on their own hearing. A singer with perfect pitch doesn't even need a piano to get them started. They can find the right note. If you tell them to sing a note, they'll just sing it. My junior high school band teacher, Mr. Stenjum, had perfect pitch. In some settings, that could be a blessing, Maybe not so much when you're trying to direct a group of 7th and 8th graders in band. Mr. Stenjum had plenty of off notes to notice. But his perfect pitch meant that when something was off, he could identify it perfectly. And I know this for a fact. During practice with the full band, maybe 40 or 50 kids, if a trumpet player like me played a note wrong, he would call you out. And he, if you were out of tune, he knew it. He'd even say, Jason, pull your slide out a little. You're out of tune. He, he could hear among all those instruments. And I was amazed by it then, and now as I recall it, I'm still completely amazed by that. Out of all those instruments, he could tell you exactly which one was out of tune. Then I moved on from junior high, and I was no longer in Mr. Stenjum's class. I got to high school, kept playing trumpet. And there was a traveling group that came to our town called the Dallas Brass. And they were a very talented group. And a few of us students were given the opportunity to practice with them and play one song side by side with them in concert. And coming from the high school level and standing between two professional trumpet players was a brand new experience for me. On either side of me were two men who had practiced and played together professionally. And they were in such perfect sync that... They were, and they were so perfectly tuned with one another that it actually sounded like just one trumpet playing. It was, they were that good, nearly perfect. So it was really a cool experience to see that level of professionalism. Well, then I left high school. I didn't play trumpet all that much. I joined the Marines. Um, and then when I got out of the Marines, I got back home. 
And for a while, I played in the city brass band. Minot, North Dakota, the Minot Brass Band. And I had to switch from trumpet to cornet because that's what they used. They didn't use trumpets. They had cornets instead. And it was pretty fun except for one thing. The French horn player seated immediately in front of me had perfect pitch. His name was Mr. Stenjum. <laughs> and maybe as an adult, at that point, I could have called him Gary, which was his name, but I didn't dare. I still called him Mr. Stenjum, even though I was an adult. And every time I played a sour note during my time in brass band, Mr. Stenjum would turn around and give me the stink eye like you wouldn't believe. If looks could kill, right? Perfect pitch. He developed it through a lifetime of music and had this musical ability to know exactly what was wrong. Now, a non-musically trained person, again, they might notice the bad note. They, they wouldn't be able to tell you, though, exactly what was wrong. Only something doesn't seem right. In our world, in this symphony of life that we're in, all of us have noticed that there is something not quite right. Some people, like the ones who don't know much about music, they just have a sense that something's wrong, they can't tell you what. Then there's others who have a little more understanding, and they can tell you exactly what's wrong with the world. These are the people who have been given the task of sharing with others what the problem is. And one of these was a man known as the Apostle Paul. Among his writings, we find that he identified the main problem among mankind. In Romans 5.12, Paul wrote, Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, so death spread to all men, because all sinned. God was the perfect master and composer. He designed man to be in perfect concert with him. Yet the first man, Adam, by his sin, caused mankind to be out of tune, out of harmony with God. Some people have spent their life seeking to be in perfect tune with God. They made devotion to God the center of their lives. Their pursuit of the perfect and their study of God helps them to clearly see what is wrong. Just like the musician with perfect pitch will use their trained ear to pick out what is causing disharmony in musical selection, the person who pursues God with all their heart is able to discern what's wrong. They are able to quickly notice something that is interfering with their relationship with God. They can then take action to put things back in tune, back in harmony. The person who does not know God goes through life like the person who never studied music just sensing something's wrong and out of tune. They hear the sour notes of the effect that sin and evil has had on our world. They know something's amiss. Something's not quite right. And some will just complain about it, be angry about it, never realizing that they are part of the problem. They are humming or singing along with a great symphony, and it is them who put the discord into the song. They don't realize their own responsibility in the matter. And others seek out a reason for the discord. They know they're out of tune with God, and they want to know what to do about it. The Bible says that those who seek God will find him. Proverbs eight seventeen. I love those who love me, God says, and those who seek me diligently find me. Jeremiah 29, 13, you will seek me and find me 
when you seek me with all your heart. Ever since Adam and Eve broke their first, that first relationship with God through their sin, all of humankind, as Paul wrote, has been aware that something has broken the perfect relationship that God intended to exist between he and us. That sin is the sour notes that put us out of tune with an almighty God. Our sin ruins the concert, so to speak. God was grieved over the situation and wanted restoration with us. He wanted again to have things in tune, to have things in perfect harmony. So like the master composer of the symphony, the conductor who wants the orchestra to be tuned, he provided a way. To put the band in tune, the conductor will have one note played. This note is then to be matched by all the instruments. If all the instruments are tuned to that one note, they will also be tuned with each other. And just as the conductor gives one note for each musician to tune to, God gave us Jesus Christ. We celebrate Christmas because at the first Christmas, the world was desperately out of tune. The sour notes were more than the good notes. The people were out of harmony with each other and out of harmony with God. God provided on that day the perfect note for all who wanted to be in tune with him. Jesus was that perfect tuning note. Those who put their faith in him have their relationship with God restored. Perfect harmony between them and the composer. Our God is so much more than just a composer, though. He's the one who lovingly created each instrument. And his desire is that each instrument would be perfectly tuned and used the way he designed it to be used. He wanted all the instruments to be in concert with one another, and that together, if all were being used the way they were designed and in tune with their creator, the symphony would be beautiful and perfect. And as the creator said before that sin entered the world, it was good. There's no way for us to be in tune of our own accord. Each one who tries to tune themselves without first listening to that pure note being played will not ever be in tune with the rest of the instruments. But more importantly, they will be out of tune with the composer himself. Musicians will tell you that the best conductors demand the best from their musicians. It was, if, if one person was consistently out of tune in that orchestra, and if they refuse to be tuned to that perfect note, a time will come when the conductor will dismiss that musician from the orchestra, and they will find themselves forever on the outside. Eventually, all people who reject the Savior, the one who we celebrate today, will find themselves permanently out of his favor. Fortunately, everyone hearing this message right now To us, he's still offering the opportunity to get in tune. He loves you and wants you to be in concert with him. Christmas is our reminder that God cared enough about his relationship with each of us that he provided the only way to restore that relationship through his son, Jesus Christ. God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not die but have everlasting life. It is no wonder to me why God chose music to announce to the world that he was providing a solution to the sin problem. 
The shepherds heard the angels singing, and we celebrate. We're filled with joy at Christmas time because so many talented musicians have been inspired to write and sing and play these songs. And those who get in tune while they have the chance to respond to that perfect tuning note, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, will also in heaven be singing marvelous songs of harmony and beautiful melody together as we praise the God who provided to us on Christmas Day the way for our relationship to be restored perfectly as he meant it to be. He told us hundreds of years before the birth of Christ what his plan would be. Isaiah 9, starting at verse 2. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them a light has shone. You've multiplied the nation. You've increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For every boot of the trampling warrior in battle tumult and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born. To us a son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Almighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Over the past four weeks, for those of you who haven't been with us on Sunday mornings, we've been looking at what the scripture says about Jesus, who became God's servant as was foretold by the prophets. And we looked at this wonderful song, O Holy Night, in light of this. And throughout this wonderful Christmas song, we see glimpses of what Scripture tells us about our need for a Savior. It speaks of the sin that we are all guilty of that breaks our relationship with God so that we need a Savior, a Redeemer. I'll go back to the verse I started with, Romans 5.12. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, And death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. It tells of God's wrath as well. God is angry with sin. And we need someone who or something who will turn God's wrath away from us because of our sin. Jesus was the one who turned away the wrath of God from sinners who put their faith in him. Romans 5, 9, Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him. From the wrath of God. And by this, those who put their trust in Jesus will have peace with God. Romans 5 1, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. O Holy Night also tells how the world thrills with hope as it puts trust in a Savior. As my daughters read earlier, Jude 10. Uh, 2, 10 through 14. The angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. 
And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. It tells us that those who recognize Jesus for all, who he, for all that he is will worship him. Matthew 2.11, going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold, and frankincense and myrrh. It recognizes that believers will put their hope in the risen Christ, 1 Thessalonians 1.10, to wait for his son from heaven whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. You see, the concert of humanity was in total disarray. Not only were the people out of tune, they were playing whatever notes they liked. They were in total disregard of the desires of the master composer and conductor. However, in the right timing, Jesus came. Emmanuel, God with us. Timing was perfect. Galatians 4.4, when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. So this Christmas... Perhaps you've looked around at this world of ours and realized there is a problem. Perhaps you've noticed that people are not good on their own, that they need to be made good. If you have a longing inside of you to have peace, real peace, a secure sense that no matter what is going on around you, that in the end you will see God, then it is time to take this Christmas story about the Savior and make it your own story. God's timing was perfect when he sent his son Jesus, and his timing is perfect for you to hear this message tonight. Don't let another Christmas go by like it has, where all the season means to you is parties and presents and decorations and songs. Let this Christmas be the first one for you that has real meaning. I have prayed, and others have prayed as well, that this night when we typically have more people joining us who are not part of our church family than perhaps any other day of the year, we have prayed that you would truly understand about what it means when we sing about Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus was God with us. We could never have reached God, but God could reach down to us. And the reason I have prayed for you to be touched by God this evening is because I have no ability whatsoever to reconcile you to God. Nor do I have any means to restore your relationship with him. But God has ordained that his word, the Bible, which is overseen by his Holy Spirit, may pierce even the darkest heart if he would choose to make this happen. I have no ability to save you, but God will. Through his word and through the pleading of his Holy Spirit, he's drawing you near to himself, even now. He's ready to come into your life and make a change for the better. If you are really willing to receive his grace so that your sins would be forgiven and you could have that peace that comes through faith in Jesus, then it is up to you to act, to cry out to God. If you are sorry for your sins and want to turn from your wickedness, then do so now. Receive Jesus who died and was raised to life so that you also can be guaranteed eternal life.
And this is between you and God primarily. But I would love to share more with you about it. And if you've been touched by God's word this evening, I'd love to talk to you, to welcome you into God's family. And on the back of your program that you received tonight, there's two QR codes. The top one brings you to the main page of our website. The second one takes you to a form that you can fill out. If you would allow us to get to know you better, I'd encourage you to do that. You'll find no pressure from me. I'm trusting God to do the work of drawing you to himself. Now it's time for us to draw our Christmas Eve service to a close. As Brandon and the worship team come to lead us in our final two songs, I'm going to be taking the flame from the Christ candle and passing it to my family, and we're going to together pass it to you as well, and you can pass the flame on to the one who's sitting next to you. And what this represents to us is the way that the story of Christ brings light into the darkness of other people's lives is through one sharing it with another. Tonight, I've shared Christ with you. May he empower all of us to keep sharing with others. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you on this Christmas Eve for your holy word. And Lord, I thank you for your Holy Spirit who uses your word to penetrate even the hardest hearts, to soften those hearts, and to draw people to yourself, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you may have used us this evening as a church as you've drawn others towards yourself. Now, Lord, as we pass the flame of this Christ candle to one another and sing these last songs, may you bring us the peace that passes all understanding because Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, who we celebrate today, is the Prince of Peace. We thank you for what you've done, Lord. You are an amazing God. Humbly, Lord, we bow before you and worship you. May you bless each one here, Lord, on this Christmas. May they leave this place with your word in their hearts. May the ones who may not have put faith in Jesus Christ, Lord, may you draw them to yourself. I'd love to do it, Lord, but only you can do it. Would you do it, Lord? Would you do it? And would you bless us, Lord, on this Christmas? In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen.